We're going. Hold on. Now we're live. Whoa, we're live. What? Did you guys hear any of that last string of stuff that we just said? They did not hear a single word of that. So we will. What's up, Nooner Nation? We'll start over. What's, going What's up, on? Nooners? Fourth episode in. I'm still fucking up. We'll get it right one of these days. Welcome back to Nooner Nation podcast, guys. The episode or the podcast for Nooners by Nooners. We got with us tonight two very special guests, JJ Jackson, the host of High and Angry Podcast. Also, you know, oh, well, hello. friend of the show. He was on the first episode talking about starting a podcast. I obviously took none of their advice because I fucked another intro up. And the handsome man down in the bottom of the screen that you see, the great Eric Tanzi, host of Drinking Bros Sports Tailgate Legends. Uh, host of Failure to Stop with Mike the Cop, and more importantly for this podcast, the proprietor of Instill Distilling Company out of Clayton, North Carolina. What's happening, fellas? What's, What's up, going brother? on? Going on, guys. Live chat. How we doing? We're going to run through these names again. <laughs> so we got Chafe, we got Matt, Titan, what's up? Jimmy, Reed. How's it going, fellas? How's our audio sounding tonight? I've been working on that a little bit with uh, with our boy Jimmy's help. He, he gave me some, some tips while we are out in Nashville. Oh, look at that. Yeah, it's what he's good for. He's good for... Uh, he's good for the tip? Helping out with everything. I mean, he's a perfect producer. He knows a lot about everything. And not only is he the producer, but uh, probably one of the most integral parts of Instilled a Selling Company. Oh, yeah? Um, oh, yeah, man. Like, we... Uh, he designed the logo for Instill. Uh, a lot of the um, social media stuff that you saw, a lot of t-shirts, the swag. And then he did also... He put Kay, did he put Casey Anthony behind you in the uh, live, shots, live screen shot? Was that yeah, one of you? Not a chance, baby. I'm from Florida. She's a stable of Florida. She's like the fucking mascot of Florida. That's just... Like, when you see that, you're like, that dude's from Florida. So, yeah, no. That's all me. Make sure. I mean, everything I else love is... the flame. I love the flaming Hot Cheetos, by the way. Oh, you remember that episode? It was a good episode. (laughs) One of my favorite things to do with the Flaming Hot Cheetos is you take a bag and you smash them, and then you boil up some corn, you roll the corn in mayonnaise, and then you sprinkle the fiery Cheetos over there. It's called Mexican street corn. I absolutely love it. I've had Mexican street corn, but I have not had it with fiery hot Cheetos, I don't think. I think I used the... uh, It's an aioli. It's an aioli, Bill. They don't have aiolis in Iowa. We get it. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Well, sorry. what do they have in Iowa? Is there, is there um, anything decent that comes out of Iowa? Live chat. I messed with some stuff because they said it was echoey. So can you guys hear me? Oh. Is it me that's echoey? No, I think I I was messing around with some stuff. So I think I might have two mic feeds on accident through my my OBS service. But hopefully they can hear me. Anyway, so in Iowa, uh, the big kind of thing here is. Um, uh, like fried pork tenderloin sandwiches. That's what everybody kind of prides themselves on in Iowa. So everybody's got their own take on it. Um, there's um, probably one that has uh, flaming hot Cheetos on it. To be honest, I'll tell you the uh, fiery chicken in Nashville is probably like one of my newest favorite cuisines. Oh, Nashville hot chicken, man. Did you get it on? Yes, a, that's what it was. Yep. Did you ever get it for breakfast on top of a waffle? So I did not do that. I didn't know that that was a that was a thing. Well, I didn't see it on the menu, and we were at Hot Chicken, um, but I just got, like, the chicken strips, yeah. and I was kind of disappointed because I was like, fuck, dude, I never get uh, chicken strips. I always 
get real man's food because I'm not fucking 10 years old. But these it's chicken strips were like for a reason. Yeah. Well, the, these chicken nuggets, dude, I mean, like chicken strips, they were like the size of my fucking computer. It was like a whole. Yeah. It was like a whole fucking chicken. It was the biggest chicken <laughs> strips I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Right, so, Tansy, real quick, not to go on a tangent on chicken, but does your chicken, like my chicken, need to have the little retarded leg on the end? Because that's integral because it gets the little crispy, like on chicken wings. Yeah. You know, it's got yeah, the yeah. Little, little hanger leg. Yeah. It just hangs off the end like that. Yeah, it does. Are you flats or wings? I mean, are you flats or uh, drumsticks? If it ain't a whole wing with everything attached, yeah. I probably won't eat it. Yeah, he's saying he likes that <laughs> whole wing. Yeah, I'm a flat. You no, know, it's got guy. the little, the little leg. I know, like, I know it's what got you're talking about. This part, yeah. this part, and I know the what you're talking. I know what you're talking about, and, I, and that, I'm that that guy too. Especially like on a Cornish game hen, I always go right for that little, the little wing there. Yeah, yeah. Um, one time uh, I arrested this girl. Well, I arrested her several times. I wasn't arresting her this night, but I was, I was bringing her dinner, and um, and oftentimes I would bring her like bojangles when she's not being mm. a fucking crack whore. But uh, she was trying to show off for some young gang members, and she was like, "Yo, Tanny, go get me some fucking chicken." And I said, "Tarsha, don't uh, don't talk to me like that. You can say please, thank you. We're a civilized uh, civilization. You can act like a civil human." She was like, "Man, fuck you. Go get me some chicken." So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna give you one more opportunity to ask nicely." And she was like, "Bitch, go get my chicken. Shut the fuck up." So I was like. Got you. So I went to Food Lion instead of Bojangles, and I got a Cornish game him, like a like a whole chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's not a Cornish game him; it's a fucking a whole chicken. But they're small, yeah. Yeah, they're small. I, I, they're just, I make they're, they're, they're yeah. roaster chickens, right? Yeah, yeah. roaster chickens. I just call they're, they're not like a real chicken. It's like a fucking small yeah. chicken. So anyway, I get her that, and I get her some unsweet tea, and I take it back to her, and I hand her her bag of food, and she opens the bag, and she's like, "Oh, what the fuck is this? Oh, is it that goddamn white people chicken?" Oh, is it going to lay an egg? What the fuck? And I'm walking away. She throws the chicken. It goes over my shoulder, explodes on the side of my cop car. I run. I open the door because I knew the tea was coming next. She's like, oh, the fuck is this? Because it was unsweet tea. She threw the jug, the half gallon. I fucking peel out. I got chicken all over my car, tea all over my car. I come. I see her the next morning, hungover as fuck, uh, or the next afternoon. And I was like, hey, Tarsha. And she's like, hey, Tanny. And uh. She was like, that was real fucked up what you did last night. I said, what? The moral, she's like, the moral of <laughs> She's like, you bring me that white people chicken. That was mean as hell. And I was like, well, you're acting like a real bitch. Don't fuck with a black person and they chicken, Tansy. Come on, dog. Well, she should have asked nicely. She could have had the fucking Bojangles for days. Uh, but she had to be a real bitch that day. So she got white people chicken. And then I got her tacos the next night. And she's like, don't you bring me no white people tacos. I said, what the fuck is a white person taco? She's like, I want it crunchy. I was like, yeah, got it. crunchy okay. dog. All right. Just like the little, just like the retarded leg. I <laughs> need it. Retarded. I need it. I need nah. it fried hard. I need <laughs> but, it fried hard, Tansy. But no, Ooh. that was one thing in Nashville, man. Like it, for for those that don't know, uh, me and Tansy were down in Nashville for a couple of days this weekend, <laughs> and into the beginning of the week with the Drinking Bros crew doing some stuff, and. Uh, Man, it got wild, but so I'm original. I live in Iowa now. I'm originally from North Carolina, but uh, after that golf tournament Monday, I woke up the next morning, went to went to Bojangles, and I housed three Cajun fillet biscuits. And uh, see, dude, I'm not a Bojangles guy, man. I'm like, I'm really not into it. Um, it's the rave here. We didn't have Bojangles in Florida, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'll eat it. I get it, but Biscuitville to me is way better than Bojangles. Oh, see, I've never had. And Biscuitville. I named I named my 
I need my kid Bo Jackson, so every time I see him now, I just I'm just like, okay. Oh shit. I got my last Jackson. name is Jackson. Ah. My, my last name is Jackson. So I was like, oh Bo Bo Jackson. So every time I see him now in the morning, especially when he's housing his breakfast, I'm like, it's Bo time. Bo knows. And it just works out that way. Yeah, actually, I learned today that Bojangles apparently is some sort of regional slang for a blowjob. Have you guys heard that oh. before? I just call it a, a blowy or a bee jibber. Yeah, in one of our group chats. Jibskis, little jibskis, jibber. In one of our group chats, somebody was like, oh, yeah, he just needs like a head of a joint and some Bojangles. And I went off about me how much I love fucking Cajun filet biscuits. So, like, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, but you oh. love that too. So, it- it's all in context. I'll take right? both, man, at yeah. the same time. <laughs> I'll fucking I'll eat Bojangles and I'll give you a Bojangles. Not, one not king shame. One thing I don't, I've learned now living here that I don't like as much as I did living there is Southern sweet tea. Man, it's like, oh, fresh, yeah. it's like syrup. And I used to make it that it gives way. You it gives you heart, heartburn. Oh, yeah. Back, well, back in the day, man, that's how I made sweet tea. It was like one and a half cups of sugar for every gallon of water, right? Like Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like two parts sugar, one part water, oh, and yeah. then like tea bags. Oh yeah, yep, and six Lipton tea bags or something like that, and away you go. We make a we make a really good like raspberry tea drink. We call it an ice pick. Yeah. Um, with our rum, it's really really fucking good, but like you can't really taste any in there. And yeah. uh, I, I've never really gotten drunk at my distillery. Uh, the most I've ever had at my distillery is two drinks, and I kind of pride myself on that. <laughs> so one day I got into these teas. It was on a Sunday. And um, I got into like these ice pick teas and I was just like, I don't know, it tastes like the raspberry tea that you would get at fucking Starbucks. And so I, I didn't feel like there was any alcohol in there. I ended up drinking like four of them. All of a sudden, I'm fucking four. This dude shows up with a Marlin in the back of his truck because he's moving. I'm like, dude, how much for the fucking Marlin? He's like two grand. I was like, I'll give you 500 cash right now. Guy's like fucking dope. <laughs> so I buy this like 11 foot fucking Marlin. A live Marlin. And, and everybody's like, dude, what are you going to do with an 11 foot Marlin? And I was like, I don't, I don't fucking know. Who cares? Um, it's, like Harry Car- it's like Harry Carey used to say. If I go into a restaurant and I see a Marlin on the wall, I just grab my wife and leave. <laughs> pound Damn for it. pound, it's the strongest fish of the sea. <laughs> Man. Do you ever, being in North Carolina, do you ever go out to uh, Wilmington for that big Marlin tournament they have out there? Uh, no. Um, some dude took a bunch of our rum out there to it. Yeah. And um, I guess like Michael Jordan was out there. Yeah. And so they took some pictures. But uh, I used to work on a deep sea fishing boat when I was in high school. So over it. Uh, I kind of, yeah, I fucking, the, I, the reason I literally was driving to work uh, on the boat, it was a Friday. And the boat leaves at 5 a.m. like every fucking, like you got to be at the dock at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. And I guess like the we had to do like our mandatory one Friday a month where you clean the boat and <clears throat> re reorganize everything, so you you don't have to be there until like nine or something. And I was literally driving to the boat, thinking like how shitty the day was gonna be. And it was right when the war in Afghanistan kicked off in Iraq, and it was like they played this news clip. There's like guns and shit going off, and they're like the men are now. Uh, you know, taking the walls of Fallujah, they're moving in under hostile fire. And I saw a recruiter station. I fucking pulled in and I was like, fuck that boat. Send me there. That sounds way more fun than washing a boat. And I was in board shorts and like fish gut stained t-shirt. Fucking join the army right then and there. You're probably better dressed than half the people that were coming in there at that time. Get so. me the fuck out of there. Yeah. How many, neck, how many neck tattoos did you see in the recruiter's office that day? 
I, I don't remember because the recruiter was so hot that I was like, fuck, dude. Oh, they had a hot recruiter? Yeah, she was a smoke show, dude. Uh, nice. nice, yeah. That's I never, awesome. I never worked on a boat, but I worked on an Applebee's, so that's similar, I guess. Or wanting Applebee's Yeah, he says, uh, American Rustware said, war or fishing, fuck it, war. Look, dude, uh, working on a deep sea fishing boat is like not even fishing. You're dealing with all these Yankees that have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Uh, they're throwing up everywhere. Uh, they snagging each other it's just it's, it was a shitty job because literally nobody knows how to fish and that's respectfully but when you're like 18 you're just right. highly annoyed by it. like what do you mean you don't know how to fucking fish like are you this retarded yeah. how fucking retarded are you people are like falling over yeah. the boat throwing up flushing tampons getting them stuck in the toilets yeah. uh terrible terrible it was, a shitty, it was a shitty job yeah yeah how dare you be on vacation and not know what you're doing right yeah you know, they, they like walk on with their socks and their flip flops, and you're like, I got 10 bucks uh-huh. on that one, throwing up first. Yeah. And they, but they want to be cool and they want to have that Florida lingo. So they, but they're from up north. So they're like, you want a hot dog, y'all? You're like, what, what did you just say? What? Make absolutely no fucking sense. So, so yeah, war was better than that boat. Yeah. Afghans were smarter than half the Yankees on that boat. Yeah. Hey, I, I told Bill already, I was like, look, man, I, you know, I, I graduated with a philosophy and theater degree from the university of pittsburgh and i was like i was like look if i'm gonna keep doing these plays i gotta go get some more in me first before i uh try to go do some <laughs> yeah. some more acting anywhere else because war was better than theater <laughs> <laughs> oh man tighten your anus my recruiter was fucking hot as fuck too what was his name <laughs> <laughs> got him uh, got him uh, got some Nice. Well, we'll get into the meat and potatoes of this show. Like I said earlier, uh, Eric being the owner of a distillery, a decent-sized distillery. I think I haven't made it out there yet, but I think you guys got a, a pretty big spot, right, from the videos and stuff I've seen. Like how many uh, – I know you just – so you do rum, correct? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you've I know pretty recently you kind of got hooked up with an online distributor that uh, – it's kind of sending your stuff out almost anywhere, right? Yeah, I think it's 29 states right now. Yeah. Um, but I look like we just locked down Tennessee, so we're kind oh, of yeah? meeting next Tuesday. So maybe our run will be in Tennessee here pretty soon. Yeah, did that, did that happen while we were out there, or was that already in the works? Yeah, it was while we were out there. Oh, nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, like, how many bottles of rum a month are you guys producing? Um be a better question for my distiller um i used to be the distiller okay uh we'll probably put out like i don't know like or you want to go like gallons seven, whatever, yeah. 75 cases a month okay um, or like every I, I we could probably do like 50 cases every two weeks yeah and they're 12 bottle cases so i do the math yeah you just uh pretty awesome have you have you we moved? could we could make more but we don't sell i mean being a craft distiller is really really hard um right. The, the beer has beer has made it right because mm-hmm. beer got really crafty mm-hmm. so i don't know like 15 years ago if you went to the restaurant you had bud light miller's like coors light right or natural light those were like your fucking five options for beer and maybe there was a sam adams or a sierra nevada thrown in there but for the most part like you couldn't get any craft beer well then <clears throat> like now if you go to the same fucking restaurant you can get it'll be like deep river double barley uh, Sierra Nevada, you know, it'll be all craft beers and then maybe you'll get like a Bud Light option or maybe you'll get a Coors Light option. And that's because craft beer got fucking crafty and they put more alcohol into the beer and more flavor into the beer. 
um, and then kind of showed everybody like how Big Corp after Prohibition kind of fucked everybody over. Like, oh, we could use the shittiest grains, make it into fucking water. We can mass produce the fuck out of it. Nobody even knows because nobody's been drinking since, you know, Prohibition started. And so big uh, corporation kind of took over and everybody was just kind of duped. And then enough people went over to Germany and Ireland and tasted real beer and finally got it over here in the United States. Um, same with wine. But spirits, ha that hasn't happened yet, right? And then what we have is even worse with spirits is we have this like bourbon guy thing going on right now. And it's not to say that I'm shitting on bourbon people at all because I, I drink enough bourbon for all of us. Yeah. It's fine. It's whiskey. But um, for some reason, it's like we've locked on to being what's called a bourbon guy. So if you were to go to France or, or somewhere else and you were like, I'm a bourbon guy, they would be like, what does that fucking mean? So you don't drink Cavados, you don't drink Mezcal, you don't drink tequila, you don't drink rum, you don't drink anything else but bourbon. And the bourbon guys are like, yeah, that's right. And if you talk to a bourbon guy, all they know is bourbon and they don't know anything outside of the right. culture of bourbon. And right now, I, to be honest with you, in my opinion, I think the quality of bourbon is actually going down while the price is going up. Um, I would agree. I was gonna I say so. I, I am a. I, so. I won't say I'm a bourbon guy. I prefer. I do prefer bourbon. I like other things. Um, but like, it's just it's, it's kind of like what you've been taught to be, right? Like you. It's I kind because of it's what everybody else yeah. is doing. Yeah. When I was like in this my. Is it, this is what yeah, This is what it came down to. In my opinion, was like you know was at 1978, Jimmy Carter signed into law in Congress the. Uh, the Home Brewers and Home Winemakers Act, or whatever it was called, and basically, you know, from that point on, home brewers and home winemakers were allowed to make 200 gallons of beer a year uh, and 200 gallons of wine at home per year. So, like, yeah, it, it really didn't get found out like that. You could be a uh, a craft brewer until like. It became trendy, and like right. you said, they added they added more hops. They did they did uh, more uh, adjunct grains or whatever the fuck. But and like, alcohol at the end of the day, yeah. yeah I mean, and alcohol. I mean, they they, they started, you know, they started. Yeah, I mean, doing, this is uh, like six point nine percent. I'm drinking right now, so. But yeah, <clears throat> you know that. But the spirits was never signed into the bill of the same or the same bill as the beer right or right wine. It was just yeah they like, never they they didn't do distillers because uh there's no i meant like fucking liquor <laughs> i don't want water i want they were talking about liquor i, I fucking feel like i need to drink some <laughs> liquor um <laughs> so yeah jimmy is upset oh shit white rum i haven't drank my white rum straight in a very long time yeah Honestly, i've learned you want to come to my house yeah. i got the uh i there got the go. white for you right here tansy i'll pour some for you <laughs> yeah i know that's not me like that's a girl uh, her name is Marissa Best, but a lot of people are like, "Oh, dude, is that you?" And I'm like, "Fuck, no, it's not. It's actually, it's actually a it's female." Erica Tansy. Let's let's pour it. Let's pour together. What notes are you getting? Oh, um, man, our fucking white rum is so good, dude. It's so good. Uh, I, honestly, like apricots and fresh cut grass is kind of what, like dried apricots. Yeah, um, the, gra the, the grass yeah. is strong with the with the. You guys, sorry, Bill. Or can we spirit heavy? Bit? It's gonna be spirit heavy. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Are I, you, I was just gonna let's say get that you I, wet. I, I, I rarely, <laughs> I rarely drink beer anymore. I just do it on the podcast because I learned from that fucking six-hour drinking bros draft show that yeah. me drinking uh, anything more than beer on for any length of time on a podcast turns into oh. a nightmare. 
Yeah, I, I typically drinking, just don't drink. <clears throat> if you're drinking good spirits, I mean, yeah. you know, we, we can go over the cuts and whatever, but what's your guys's I was always interested, like what's your guys's base uh base uh, uh, we actually use supplier? Yeah, so we use okay. a product called Jaggery. We're the first people uh, in mm -hmm. the United States, probably the first people in the world legally to do it. Um, I, I can't like confirm that. It's really hard to talk to anybody about Jaggery because Jaggery is dehydrated cane juice that comes from India. Yeah, and obviously they don't make liquor in India. Sri Lanka, they dabble in it, but I don't. I still don't think it's legal. So like, I, I don't know that anybody's ever legally made liquor with Jaggery. I think we're the first people. We're definitely the first in the United States to ever do it. And how that came about so was. It What's comes that? like dimmer. It comes kind of like demerara sugar, but like you know how that powdery. Uh, no, so it, it comes like in powdery a powdery consistency. It it comes in a brick that looks like heroin. Uh, it looks like a but it but it's big. Might so be why the rum's a, so good, Tansy. You tested that. Yeah. So it comes. Yeah. Right. So it comes in a brick about yay big. It's at fourteen pounds, and when we got it here, we didn't know what to do with it. Um, and how this all came about was. There's, there's three ways to make rum. Rum has to be made by sugarcane or sugarcane byproducts. So you can use um, uh, rum agricole, which is mm -hmm. just pure cane juice. And how that works is, is we take a, a, a plant, right, the sugarcane plant, and they crush it down, and a yellowy, uriny substance comes out of that plant. <clears throat> they can put it in a centrifuge, fast or slow, it doesn't matter. If you start to spin sugar, if you tied a donkey to the fucking, you know, the big stone and you just made it go in circles, it would have do the same thing. But now we have high powered centrifuges. But if you spin sugar long enough, uh, impurities will start to roll off of that yellowy urine liquid. And the first impurity to roll off of it is a white crystal called sugar. white, white sugar. And if you mm -hmm. keep spinning it, then a brown crystal falls off. And that is brown sugar, right? Brown sugar. Yeah. And then you have another little syrup that comes off of it, which is molasses. Mm -hmm. So the best rums in the world are made with the pure, and what you're left with is like a, it almost, it's almost like pre-cum, right? It's like a very clear, semi-sticky fluid called cane juice. <laughs> and and cane juice, and, and that's really what it feels like, is like pre-cum on your penis. Um, but that pre-cum, that cane juice, uh, goes bad in about two hours, or starts to go bad in about two hours unless you put preservatives yeah. on it. So the finest rums in the world, which are spelled R-H-U-M, or rum agricole are made with that pure cane juice. Everything else is made with white sugar, brown sugar, and molasses. Do you pronounce so the being, H in that though? Do you go rum? Yeah. No, it's just rum. Well, oh, nah, it's, it's, just rum. it's like it's the now. same. It's the same process that they they figured out like to make Royal Navy rum mm -hmm. back in the day. Uh, you know because yeah, you know, rum was really the rum was the biggest uh, like rum was the biggest liquor probably in history. Um, rum was a currency. Rum was for trade. Uh, rum was pretty much the reason why we have the ending of slavery, believe right. it or not. Rum probably has the darkest, and I'm not talking about, like, color of people's skin. I'm talking, like, darkest history as in, like, fucked yeah. up history. Yeah. It's all, like, you, we talk about the United Have you ever States. read about coffee? Talk about some shit history Yeah, coffee. I mean, it's, but, it's, pretty, it's but like they, the same. No, rum, no, rum no, might no, be a little they rough. Used to throw, they used to throw shit into the rum ferments so that the slaves wouldn't go and consume gotcha. the fermenting molasses. <laughs> so, That's oh, how fuck. fucked up it was. I got one question <laughs> about the centrifuge project you're talking or you're talking yeah. about. The brown sugar that comes out of that, yeah. is it like hard <clears throat> and useless after 15 minutes, just like every other brown sugar I buy? Uh, I have no idea. Oh. Not if you um, not if you add water and some yeast, Bill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I I Sorry, figured because dumb it's question. like go fuck myself, right? Because it's twenty twenty one or whatever. 
I was like, well, how do I get cane juice here? Because I don't want to use molasses because I want to make rum that's more like the rum that was um, from the Caribbean, from the Martiniques, from the French-owned colon- uh, French-owned islands. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody was like, it was impossible. And whenever I hear the word impossible, I'm like, well, fuck it. I'm going to keep going. And so uh, for a while, we were blogging just about rum. And I've, I've literally read almost every rum blog that's worth a shit on the internet, on Reddit, on YouTube. I've read all of them hundreds of hours and um so i finally was like you know i'm gonna take a break from that and just start reading about sugar and that's when i learned that there was a product in india called jaggery and um my distiller i talked to him about it and so we called india and india was like uh we're not even going to talk to you about it because they have less freedom of speech than we do believe it or not um we're catching up to them but for right now they have less freedom of speech than we do and um so we called sri lanka we talked to a Sri Lankan fermentation scientist and he was like, yeah, it'll work. And we were like, dope, can you say this like a recipe or something? He's like, absolutely not. Like, it's still illegal here. <laughs> um, so then we called India back and we were like, yo, send us some of this jaggery. We want to try to ferment it and see what happens. And they were like, well, we'll send you a thousand pounds minimum. And I was like, fuck, that is a lot to gamble on if it's not going to work. So we ended up going to an Indian market um, in Cary, North Carolina. And we were like, look, you guys are a big you know, you guys distribute to a bunch of restaurants and shit. Will you split this order with us? And they were more than happy to do it. So they split the order. It came in, like I said, it was in a 14 pound brick. We had no idea what to do with it. Some fucking dumbass tried to put it in a microwave. He's been reduced to only doing podcasts and tours at distillery. He's not allowed to do anything else. So that asshole put it in a fucking microwave. It didn't work at all. Um, we tried to boil it down in turkey burners. That took too long. So uh, we had like $23 in the account and we had $25 in the account. My distiller was like, yo, how much money we got? And I was like, 25 bones. And he was like, I got an idea. Let's go to Walmart, buy as many hatchets as we can for 25 bucks. Um, trust me. So we went to Walmart and <laughs> we bought- the infantry two- solution? Right. We went, to the, <laughs> we went to Walmart, we bought two hatchets and a tarp. And um, we just started breaking it down and we melted it. Um, and then we tried to ferment it and it wouldn't ferment down past like 5%. So we were yeah. like, fuck. Um, so then we tried everything, dude. We tried like every yeast on the market. And my distiller, who's a fucking huge nerd, was like, dude, let me let me buy a laboratory for myself. Let me get stir plates and on the fucking microscope and everything. And I think I can grow our own yeast and then I can mutate it. And I was like, he's an idiot savant. Did you guys try inverting it at all? I mean, you'd have to talk to him about it. Like, I I don't do the same shit. I microwave. 14 pound bricks well, do. where's he at get the fuck off the camera eric dude this guy you do one. not bro if you got him on here you would fall asleep in five minutes and I'm, you would not I'm, understand anything he says <laughs> you wouldn't understand a fucking word so and it's miserable because he won't shut the fuck up and and he's like doing math equations he's like so if you convert 2.1 grams and we're just going to microdose that down to 1450 and then we're going to add because the converted sugars and bricks than that if you want to convert the sugars and you're like dude we're done like i don't let him do tours Tell, because at the end of this give him give him my phone i'll give you my phone number i need to talk to this man because dude you'll apologize I... you'll apologize to me later no you think you are on that level dude you're not you're gonna i'm crying till such... I, I'm reach till I bleed bro like I, i've Ugh. been this I've goes far like, beyond that, man. He'll come into work and his legs will be like bright red. And I'm like, damn, what the fuck? That's the worst sunburn I've ever seen. And he was like, oh, no, I was smashing grapes all night last night. Like, he lives, breathes, eats wine, beer, and spirits. Like, he, yeah. that's all he does and it's all he knows. That's awesome. And it's good that's because... So awesome. um, but yeah, so we grow our own house yeast. Um, we put our rum after nine months of fucking around with the jaggery. We finally got it down to a science and, and we started producing um pretty good liquor 
And being a sommelier and a certified specialist of wine, I, I feel like I have a really good palate. And I was like, well, let's go ahead and put it into an international rating and see where we sit. Because I don't really, and, and that's another thing that the craft industry doesn't really do a lot, is you'll see them get the same ratings over and over and over again without changing the recipe. And I'm the kind of guy that's like, well, if I get a bad rating or whatever, I'm just going to trade because I always want to get better. So we put our, our thing in, and I, I really just wanted to get 85 points. It's an international rating that lasts for a year. So if you suck, you have a sucky rating for a year, but we're so small. It gives a shit. Um, but we put it in, dude, and I fucking, I didn't cry for my first child, didn't cry for my second child, cried for my third child because I didn't want it, crying really hard for my fourth child because I really don't want that one. Um, but <laughs> the only other time I cried was when uh, we got our rating back and, and we got 90-plus points, and we got gold from the John Barley Corner Awards, so... It was a really special moment for all of us. Awesome. So much hard work. And and I mean, I, when we talk about blood, sweat, and tears, dude, we're talking Jimmy, my producer in here. Um, I mean, well, I think it was that one night we probably worked, what, like 37 hours? Yeah, multiple times, like 37 hours, like straight. Like, I mean, cry, like physically crying, mentally crying, fighting with each other, um, walking out on each other, coming back in to finish it because that's we're men, we're fucking adults. So every time we had a fight, like we never, nobody ever quit, but dude, it got ugly. Um, I broke my foot um, really bad, lost like kicking three Jimmy? toenails. Uh, kicking a fucking molasses tote oh. with 3,000 pounds of molasses. <laughs> yeah, I see that one. What's your guys' aging setup like? Because, like, uh, you know, I personally, like, I have, because I've been doing this for Fuck some you, years. Ruben. Yeah, so yeah, put a pin in that, JJ, <laughs> because we kind of got off on this. So the reason why I um, invited no, JJ on here, um, not only is he, you know, hilarious and interesting, um, he is, and for some legal reasons, we have to be hypothetical, I think, about how we talk about this, and we'll get into that a little later. You but, don't. Uh, I mean, they have the fucking show who, Moonshiners. You're good. Who, who really, like, like <laughs> personally, I'll, I'll put it out there. Who really gives a fuck? But I've been dabbling in this in, for some years now, and, like, I've got my setup where, you know, where you, I'm, we, we as in me and myself, uh, we're using, like, a Solaris setup. And you okay. know, you go on, you go on the HD, uh, HD.org, right? You know, you've been on that website, I'm sure. Like where they talk about all that shit. Uh, you know, the Solera thing is, you know, you put a little bit in, you move it, you move it, you move it. Is to me, it was yeah, just. Yeah, I like, mean, the Solera system was just was like in... barbecue. Like, yeah, in my opinion. I, the solar systems the solar systems fine um i mean it's it's kind of like to get consistency because really why solaris yeah. are important is because you have good vintages and you have bad vintages and so and basically for those of you who don't know a solar is like if you if you took a stack of <clears throat> barrels and you stacked them into a pyramid and the top of the pyramid being your oldest um barrel and then like your two you know then it goes like so this bottom row is your youngest barrel of um your youngest barrel of wine or spirits so you're going to drain from the bottom and so you'll drain like let's just say you make a cup full of wine from your bottom barrel well then that bottle is going to get that barrel is going to get filled up from the oldest wine from the top so the top's going to leak into the, se the second row the second row is going to the third row third row is going to the fourth row and so really what that is is for um consistency because in the old world france italy spain and germany you have um bad vintages in years because they didn't have the rules that like their govern old world wines france italy spain germany people that have been making wines for 
hundreds and thousands of years versus the new world. I like to say um, Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1486. Um, just kidding, it's 1492, cunts. Um, but 1492 to the new world. So everything in the new world, so we're talking like Argentina, Chile, United States, well, they don't have wine laws that are governed by um, the government. So if you have a plot of land and it hails on that plot of land, that's okay because we can pull grapes from the other, like from a neighboring uh, thing and bring it over there so that our great our wine tastes good. And then we can also put it in funky barrels like French barrels, Hungarian barrels, American barrels, charred barrels, bourbon barrels, whatever. We can manipulate the taste that even if you have a bad vintage, the wine still will taste good or the liquor will still taste good. In the old world, they can't do that. They have to use one particular barrel and it has to come from one particular source. So kind of one of the things they got away around that, having bad vintages, if we use a Solera system and we start sending some old shits all the way down through some new shit that's just been in barrels for a really long time, and now we have good liquor, whether we had a bad vintage or not. So the Solera system is a really fun and tricky thing to do. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't but, use the Solera system. Yeah, that was the great thing about the the British Navy Royal Rum is that there, I was uh, doing some research and listening to podcasts and whatever. And like the the oldest thing that they had found was is that uh, they were taking rum agricole from uh, the British owned islands in the West Indies. And they were taking some rum agriculture. They were taking some rum from some of the Spanish ones, and they were shipping it to Great Britain. And there was a certain point in time where they had, I think it was like in uh, in parallel, they had like ten thirty thousand gallon uh, vats, yeah, filled with rum. And it was they had like these self circulating systems with these paddles and shit, yeah. and it was rotating through these 10, 30,000 gallon vats and back through and then back through. And that was just to create the consistency of what they were like putting out as Royal Navy rum at the time. And it yeah. was going in at 160 proof and coming out at, you know, they didn't call it the queen's proof, but I, I being an American will say, Oh, it's coming out at the king's proof, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 but like it's it's crazy to think that like just for consistency, so their sailors wouldn't get hammered. They're like, well, we gotta make these third thousand gallon vats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, rum is like rum is so fun, and, and rum can be so different. Like you can pick up a Jamaican rum and, and tell the difference between a Haitian rum versus a Puerto Rican rum, Cuban rum. But rum is like so vastly more interesting. There's so many more stories. Bourbon would not exist. Uh, whiskey would not even exist if it wasn't for wine, uh, for rum. Basically, uh, George Washington decided they wanted to stop giving tax dollars to the French, who were being completely heinous to their slaves. Um, by the way, like there was a lot of good Americans that they only owned slaves out of basically pure necessity and survival. And when you start like looking into the slave owners, for the mass majority of them, they didn't treat their slaves all that bad because slaves were really expensive. And if they didn't have them, they fucking would die because like there was Indians and shits and there's so much the whiskey, but the, the whiskey French, rebellion happened in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I mean, the French were fucking absolutely heinous to their slaves, like just really pure shit oh, yeah. to their slaves. So um, George Washington wanted to stop giving money to them. And so he'd come up with this thing about making the Indians liquor because that's what every good white man does is we steal shit from other cultures. So like just fucking steal liquor from the Indians. Um, so they started making corn liquor, but everybody was like, man, corn liquor sucks. Tastes like shit. We like rum better. They kept drinking the rum, so then they were like, well, let's fucking make corn liquor tax-free. Everybody's like, all right, cool. Fucking we'll dabble in on that. Well, then uh, George Washington gets uh, inaugurated as our 
first president. Shocker, spoiler alert. He becomes our first president at his inauguration. He has 50 barrels of rum. So again, like from our first president, do as I say, not as I do. So he was trying to get everybody else to stop drinking rum, but at his own inauguration, he has 50 barrels of rum. So everybody said, fuck corn liquor. We're going back to rum. Um, as the time went by, and that was, you know, the late 1700s, then we're starting to move into the 1800s. Um, now we're really getting fucking scared of the French. We have to stop giving them money. So now they're going back into, we have to do the corn liquor thing. Um, they start to tax rum. They tax at 300% to get people to start drinking corn liquor. They get them to start drinking the corn liquor somewhere between 1800 and 1830. That whole Elijah Craig thing happened, if you want to believe that. I don't give a fuck whose farm it was. I do believe well, the story. We invented the coffee still between the continuous distilling distillation process between 1800 and 1830 yeah which was revolutionary for the entire distilling business and and with the the fractionated column uh and the way that they were able to do that without like all the shit they were doing in jamaica with like the double the single retort the double retort the all that shit like they invented that that fractionated column which is like you guys use a yeah. fractionated column right so like yeah ours is more of like a it's kind of like a hybrid it's kind of like something like a fluted fucking, uh yeah fluted yeah we can take deal. the yeah. we can take the plates in but what like really changed the game was somebody's fucking cooperage which uh, cooperage is what makes oak barrels it burnt down and back then they didn't have anything else to put liquor in except wooden barrels so uh they didn't have like a you know plastic totes or anything so they had this they were like fuck dude where are we going to put all this liquor? They were like, fuck it. Let's put it in the burned up barrels until we build new barrels. And, you know, by the time they drying out uh, the wood and everything, it could take like two years, three years. So the last little bit of liquor that actually got into new wooden barrels had been in a new American charred oak barrel. And that was the birth of bourbon. And somebody was like, fuck, this tastes way better than corn liquor as long as we put it in a barrel, which is why I've always like laughed at bourbon. I do like bourbon. I do enjoy it. And I do drink a bunch of it. But I also think it's like really funny that the liquor sucks until it goes into a fucking... Mm-hmm. charred oak barrel so the distiller's never the star of the show <laughs> right. for bourbon the fucking oak barrels are the star right. of the show and because i'm an egotistic egotistic maniac like i want the distiller to be the star um and then just the barrel just enhances that but we um right now we have rum aging in a bourbon barrel chocolate coffee stout beer barrel so it had jim beam it had jim beam in it first and then it had deep river brewing's uh coffee stout in there and now it's got our rum in there it's been in there for like two and a half years so <clears throat> that product probably come out this winter. Awesome. So if, if we're talking about, great. you know, we're talking about history earlier, you're talking about, um, you know, at one point in time and maybe still, I'd imagine like rum being the most popular liquor or alcohol in the world. Like what, what caused that? Was it flavor? Was it like ease of distilling? Wait, was, say it again. I was, I was reading the fucking comments. I know. ADD. Yeah. <laughs> say it one more time. Say the question one more time. So, you 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 mentioned earlier that um, rum, I'm assuming kind of like colonial days, Pirates of the Caribbean shit, sure. being um, you know the most popular um, yeah. alcohol on the planet by far. Right, by far. And and it, might, every it American, might still be. I don't know. I mean, every American um, was rationed um, five barrels, which the barrels were small, but there were five barrels per person per year um, because you couldn't drink the water here. So So, everybody drank rum. Every household had to have rum. Right. So I guess my question is like, what, what caused its popularity then? Was it easier to distill and Uh, distribute or was it just people just liked it better than whatever? I think it was, I think it's because um, it's really easy to, it's really easy to make um, unlike brandy. So when you're in, when you're, 
you know, in Cavados or, you know, uh, anywhere in France, you know, it's like they have to use the apples, right? And apples are kind of a pain in the ass to fuck with. Um, and, and, you know, the orchards aren't all that big. I um, mean, you can't make liquor all that fast. And then yeah. brandy is made from grapes. And so grapes, they, they also have their wine thing going. So it's like their best grapes. So now you're taking the shit grapes to make brandy, whatever. But rum is like one, it's in all the slave ran islands, right? So like all the fucking slaves were being dropped off on the islands and there was a fuck ton of sugarcane and, and it ferments very quickly. So you can make liquor very quickly there and you have a fucking bunch of free labor there because right. the English didn't allow slaves at that point. And, they'd, and already, on, they'd already on, getting rid of yeah. slavery. Right. And on top of that, for a real like bourbon or like I like to make scotch, uh, you have to malt the grains that you're that are your adjunct grains, same way you would do with like a high with like a high gravity beer. You have to malt your grains so that you can convert your main grain, which at that time was corn. Which and I is don't now think. For, I don't think Scotland had the means. I don't think Scotland had the means or the time to fucking deliver scotch yeah, anywhere. You weren't fucking poor you weren't, shit. You weren't malting grains or like they do floor malting now. Uh, a lot of that shit that was that is going on now on like the Isla scotches and you know it's some yeah. of the other ones. You weren't having the time to fucking malt the grains and malting corn. Uh, I don't. I've malted corn before. Uh, good luck. It's fucking difficult. It yeah. gets moldy. It gets moldy on it's a yeah. mold. It's okay. expensive and you don't Good have job. slaves. You don't have <laughs> yeah, slaves don't have making slaves. it. So. Right. And it's cold it, as right? fuck up there. Nobody's <laughs> sailing back and forth. Like the Caribbean, by the way, uh, Imperial Girl says sugar cane could grow well in the Caribbean. It grows excellent in the, Car the Caribbean. Um, sugar cane doesn't grow anywhere further north than Georgia in um, the United States. And for all you fucking assholes who think sorghum is sugarcane you're wrong it's not, it's not. so it pure sugarcane only grows uh, as far north as richland georgia but um hawaii uh rums rum it's the funny thing about rum too is that we steal a lot of stuff from hawaiian culture and rum had nothing to do with hawaiian culture so like when you're drinking out of the skulls of a fucking tiki god that really had nothing to do that was that was um john beachcomber in san francisco who bought a fuck ton of rum from louisiana they had like an influx of rum there Everybody were trying to dump it off around the United States and San Francisco. And this was like in the 50s, I believe. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, John Beachcomber has this fancy to-do restaurant in San Francisco. He buys a bunch of their fucking rum, goes on vacation to Hawaii, falls in love with Hawaiian culture, and then starts mixing rum drinks with Hawaiian culture. Hence, we have the tiki culture. What do you call it? Rumski, right? <laughs> uh, so, so, I mean, you mentioned, you know, you like bourbon. Um yeah, I like things. everything. I'm like yeah. a fucking, I'm an alcoholic, dude. I will drink anything. Yeah. I think what my motto is, is there's a time and a place for every beverage. It's your job to find that time and that place. Yeah. So does, uh, does N still have any plans on moving outside of rum right now or no? No, never. I, I'm, you know, rum is like, rum is one of those things that I'm really passionate about when it comes to spirits. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think perfecting it, like rum got real shitty for a long time. Yeah. So I think it's just, I, I don't think spice rum. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I, I mean, some spice rums are good. Okay. Our fucking spice rum's awesome. We've I, all I had a little captain. I, love in our spice I, I agree. But, I, but I'm saying like when, when it came down to like taste flavor, uh, the, that those like subtle hint, uh, those subtle hints of like grassy notes and like yeah. all that 
uh, all that shit that like kind of rides the wave at the bottom of the back of your palate for rum for me, like I don't get that when it's spiced like, right yeah i me. think uh there's, spice a lot of, rum, there's a lot of front of the mouth yeah spice rum for me is like just uh, the reason why i like spice rum is just mainly for cocktails like i love yeah, yeah. uh i love I, I i love making cocktails with spice rum man like hot buttered rum is one of my favorite cocktails and you can go to instillistillinggo.com um you can follow instill recipes on instagram but i put all those recipes all a bunch of cocktails on there but yeah as far as like just drinking rum like i definitely would prefer to drink maybe white rum or or aged rum amber rums really is what i drink straight um but i think where rum went wrong was they started making more like vodka out of rum and that's basically obviously rum can never be true vodka because vodka has to be made from a neutral grain and sugar is not a neutral grain however rum can is rum can be distilled to neutral so the definition of vodka is a colorless odorless spirit made from neutral grains but can rum be colorless sure absolutely we've all seen white rum can it be tasteless yep but it burns like hell can it be odorless sure but who gives a fuck if it doesn't smell so like all rum can be is like bad vodka or you could make rum with really really good flavors and stop uh distilling the shit out of it but as we all know about starbucks right the reason why starbucks coffee is good is because they burn the roast right like we starbucks all know that sucks. but they burn their roast so it tastes the same in washington as it does mm -hmm. in south africa well if you distill something to neutral that's the easiest and cheapest way to do it because it it doesn't it, you don't even have to pay a fucking distiller you just distill it over and over again so when you start yeah. seeing like seven times distilled and it like what they're saying is like there's no fucking flavor at all and Americans love that for some reason in their liquor. I don't know why, but that's because I think it was the whole Marketing. beer thing. Yeah, I do think that because now like all we want is more hops in our beer or you know more dirt in our porter. So I think like as craft distillers get better um, and people get used to craft distilling, but right now the government fucking hates craft distillers. Um, big corporation is like, no, we lost a beer. We're not gonna lose the fucking liquor. And they just drive you down in the liquor stores, dude. They just fucking, so, it's pay to play. Yeah, it's all bullshit. That was gonna be my next so question. What I'm gonna do, yeah. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna send you uh, what I'm drinking now, which is my, I call it, so it's a rum ski, all right? I call it uh, chocolate soft batch sugar cookie. Ooh. That's it. That's a cool name. It, it smells like it, it tastes like it. Like if you get those soft batch cookie in the tube, yeah, and it's chocolate, oh, yeah. and it's got those little sugar crystals in it. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah, the sugar that's, cookies. That is exactly it, yeah. what this shit fucking tastes like. I'll send you. A, I'll send you a sample. We're so, actually doing a botanical rum right now that uh, that um, me and my team kind of masterminded. I think we're the first people to do it as well. But it's a uh, botanical spice rum, and so we we've spiced it with instead of using the holiday spices, which is normal spice rum is cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, allspice, cardamom. Um, star anise whatever vanilla um we decided to do a botanical spice rum so it's like uh loblolly pine needles hops so we use like chinook hops i think is the one we stuck with yeah um and then we did uh lavender chamomile and uh, a little bit of juniper and it's fucking fantastic we'll probably launch that shit in the spring um but it, it really smells like um like a good green tea really just smells like it smells like green tea to me uh beautiful oh, yeah. though but I, nobody's ever done that and i think as craft distillers start getting crafty and stop trying to emulate the bourbon guys or what everybody else did for a very long time and they start getting real like, truly crafty and not hunting the name fucking bourbon um and just explore the fucking the art and the spirit and start mixing other things i think 
craft spirits will take off and, and to help out like if you really want to fuck the government and you want to fuck the big players man start buying craft spirits every time you go to the liquor yeah. store because these guys have fucking tricked you i'm sorry but these bourbon guys they distilled a neutral and then they put it in a fucking oak barrel for four years oh, half, so it's, it's all fucking it, oak barrels half of them are getting it from the ngs company in Indiana. 100 you're right absolutely and, in and iowa and iowa they, that was a big iowa, controversy yeah. here a couple of years ago is uh we had like templeton rye Right, supposed to be like this Iowa rye thing, and it turned out like it's yeah. There's a, a huge commercial distiller in Indiana that ships it, and they put it they put it in a barrel in Iowa for about three weeks, just long enough. I mean, to, it's all it, it's all a big game, and um, like China, Japan labels. owned a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I, I'm not saying like don't drink bourbon because that's foolish, but like you should be exploring other things like mezcal because it's really easy just to know one thing about a 20 mile stretch of land in Kentucky. Right. That all tastes like caramel, fucking sugar, and roasted oak. Like, that's easy. But, like, fucking branch out. Try some Cavados. Try some brandy. Know some stuff about some other spirits so that when you're in the, you know, when you're in that setting where bourbon might not just be the fucking answer, you should know, like, two or three cocktails with each spirit. It's not a lot. It's not a lot to have, like, in a notebook. It's not a lot to even remember in your brain. But you should be able to whip out a quick uh, three or four recipe or like three or four ingredient recipe for gin, three or four ingredient recipe for rum, for bourbon, for uh, brandy, for Cavados. Know the time and the place to drink those. Uh, yeah, I mean, but th that's the whole thing about spirits. And actually, um, believe it or not, you guys ready for some insider news? Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe you guys can be a part of it. But um, you found uh, yeah. Brian Laundry. Wait a minute. Uh, you, you, did you get the roots? Did you get the roots? <laughs> no, you got the roots. <laughs> Lasro Lopez uh, and I are actually going to start a kind of like a veterans wine course, like a veterans wine blog, but it's like wine studies. Um, I don't know if we want to do you're just a, for, you're like, a veterans, sommelier, right? Yeah, sommelier, certified special wine, and I really think that the only reason, like, I have zero PTSD from like all like, from anything and from the fucking thousands of dead people I've seen um, <laughs> is because like literally all I do is sit and think about and read about is wine and and to study wine and to have fun with wine and which wine leads to all spirits I just say wine but like when I talk about wine I mean everything like sweet wine red wine white wine fortified wine sparkling wine all your spirits you know all of your beers too and it's, it's just a lot of fun so we're maybe just gonna do like a little hobby thing where yeah. it's like maybe we, we meet once a week on the interwebs and uh and we talk about wine man because fucking the drinking well, broettes episode that i did the wine wine school with eric tanzi was fucking so much fun is uh is low crush is he a wine guy uh no but he wants to be and he's oh, like okay. super stoked and we right. went out to this really fancy fucking dinner and uh delco dan and i split a bottle of wine because yeah, delco okay. knows a little bit about wine and believe it or not dan uh holloway uh, me and his brother um we're really wine nerds dan holloway's a big wine nerd too oh, yeah. um but his his brother lives right down the road from me and oh, so yeah. his brother hangs out at my distillery a bunch and he's real big into wine so we're constantly texting each other uh, different wine shit so about yes warren but wine if is you guys, an amazing book. if you guys ever want a third wheel uh yeah of course we want like 100 you know, wheels hey look i mean i'm just saying like the, the the only reason why i got into this uh this vein of things is like i was like fuck man just like a lot of veterans i think because it was legal it was like oh I'm going to start making my own beer because I like to drink. And then I was like, yeah. fuck, beer's not going well. And I was like, well, what if I try this? And then it was like, oh, shit, this, this works really well. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm, 
I'm not worrying about it souring. I'm not worried about it. Like souring right. just makes it taste better or yeah. this. And, and, but then if I add this, this makes it taste like this, or if I can manipulate it this way, it makes it taste this way. It's like, well, shit. But that also same thing is like, Oh, well that's a great fucking distraction, man. Like, yeah, it's, and what's cool <laughs> about it is like, it, like when you talk about spirits or beverage, like, it doesn't even just stop with making it in, in your house. Like it's viticulture and viniculture, right? So like the farming aspect of growing all this stuff, like you have to grow grapes to make wine. You have to grow grain to make beer. You have to grow corn to make whiskey. So like you have the whole farming aspect that goes into it. So you can be a super nerd about the thing. Then you have the chemistry, right? Like you have all your acids and, and all your uh, phenolic compounds that go into this, all those things, right? So you can get into the whole chemistry part. Then you have the history. So like, why why is it done this way? Or, or why did people do it? How did it get invented? Because everybody always wants to ask you the history. So you've got to know the history. Then you got to know the regions of where it comes from and why it comes from them. So now you're studying, you know, what is the climate in Burgundy or versus the climate in Aconcagua, Chile. Um, so all of these things, so you're, you're like, you've incorporated maps, incorporated culture, um, there's memorization games, right? Like memorizing the wine regions uh, from north to south in these different places. So there's just so much that goes into just beverage. Just like maximum range. Yeah, just like it's maximum so range fun. of your weapons, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like you can nerd out forever on these spirits. And like just when you think you know something, you absolutely know nothing. And when I was going through my certified specialist of wine and I was uh, enrolled in the Gallo Wine Academy and, and I thought I had studied more than, anyway, I was a cop at the time, had all my books in my cop car, and I would volunteer to go to every murder scene. And everybody was like, dude, are you a sick fuck? Or because when you go to a murder scene, you often have to like sit in a chair next to a body while fucking detectives like diddle themselves and fucking jerk off to it and shit. Around the body? John, like, Johnson, yeah. this is an open shut case. I've seen this a hundred times before. Yeah, now I'm let's taking sprinkle some crack. Let's sprinkle some crack on them and get out of here. Yeah, they're like, they're like, we're taking pictures for evidence. I'm like, why does it have to be a selfie? Uh, but anyway. Um, so, you know, I would often sit there and I did it because it would give me free time to study. And so I studied, I had this like great discipline coming from the, from the military and then coming from being a cop. I felt, I felt like I had some good discipline. So when I came down to take the test, which is like a 70 something percent fail rate at the time, I was like, dude, nobody in the history of CSWs have ever studied as hard as I could. So I wore my best. I went out, bought a brand new suit, I brought a brand new tie, brand new shoes, did a whole nine yards to go take the test. I felt like there is nobody on the planet that has studied better than I am. I'm going to get a hundred. I mean, it was so crazy that I'd be in my car and my three-year-old was in the backseat at the time. And my wife would be like, what's the leading white wine grape of Austria, Hungary. And my three-year-old would be like, Guno Veltwiener, you know, like, you know, <laughs> what's the number one white grape grape of France? Chardonnay. You know, he was just, so I went in there to take the test and the first 10 questions, bro, I didn't know the fucking answer to any of them. And I was like, what? I'm going to fail this test. And I thought I studied harder than anybody in the world. And, um, and then I ended up having to like start thinking about like, okay, where was I when I studied this chapter? And I was like, Oh, that was the murder scene on pool road. And that dude fucking had his head blown <laughs> off. And I was like trying to piece it together. I ended up getting a 77 thinking I was going to get a hundred. <clears throat> and, um, I ended up getting a 77 passing cause 75 was passing. But, um, you know, it just shows to show you, it doesn't matter how hard you study or hard you work, dude. Like it's just, there's too much to know. And Gigi says, it's Tansy on cocaine. I have never sucks. done drugs in my life, ever, not once, so, no. And I'm not even, I, I've had like two sips of rum, so absolutely not. I've smelt it a couple of times, and I like it. I'm just high energy, Gigi, come on! So, all right, two more questions yeah. before we get out of here. Um, Kyle, we, we referenced it earlier, um, and you made a reference about, you know, government regulations and stuff, but, like, so how does somebody, and it, it 
we'll go short answer, you know, cause I'm sure it's, yeah. it could be a huge, long detailed thing, but like, um, how does, how does a hobbyist turn so this you can't, into, you, how do you, you turn be, it into a side hustle kind of thing? Legally, you can't be a hobbyist, uh, to make liquor, liquor, making liquor is illegal across the board, which is bullshit. Um, and it sucks. And again, that's because the big players, um, everybody that's in the liquor business has been in there since like George Washington. So mm-hmm. a lot of your fucking politicians have great big stocks in these things. So it's, it's really shitty, but it was funny because when I started my distillery, you, it's a two year application process. So this is another reason why the government tries to keep you from doing it. It is a two year minimum application. Now in this application, you have to have a leased or owned business approved building. So now you're going to pay rent or mortgage for two years while you're waiting on this application process and you can't make any liquor. You have to provide the federal government a recipe. However, oh, you, you have to have all your equipment too. So you have to have a building, a lease, a still. you have to have a still, all your equipment, but your still has to be dry and they come and swab it. And if at any time it's wet, they punch holes in it and you don't get to try again for five years. So they also make you have to have a recipe. So I called the federal government because I was a cop at the time and I was like, hey, federal government, um, which by the way, the TTB, they always answer the phone to their credit. Like they're the only fucking government agency that answers their phone. Everybody else is. So I call them. What, the, I'm like, you, sorry, you just referenced the TTB. Yeah. Tax and trade bureau. They're the federal agents over fucking licensing and yeah. like they're the big ones If the TTB is after you. You're fucked. Um, you owe the government a lot of money and you've been fucking around, but it's a worthless organization. But anyway, so the TTB um, calls, or I call them, and I was like, yo, and I called him federal government. Like, literally, I was like, hey, federal government, you want me to provide you a recipe, but I'm not allowed to touch my stills or to make it. So how do I, how do I fucking give you a recipe? And they're like, you'll just have to get creative. That was their exact words. You'll just have to get creative. So I said, uh, hold on. I'm a cop. I've been a cop for like six years. At that point, I've been a cop for six years. I was like, I've been a cop for six years. I can't fucking tell a drunk dude with car keys. Wait, how am I supposed to drive home? There's nobody around, there's no taxis. I have my keys, I have a car, but I'm really drunk. How do I get my drunk car home legally? I can't, I cannot legally look him in the eyes and go, you'll just have to get creative. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's not a real answer. So I told him that and I said, dude, fucking, you have to give me a real answer because that's bullshit. So the guy says, Okay, it's just we've never had that question before. I go, what do you mean you've never had that question before? Like, there's a fucking hunt, like 700 distillers in the United States. Like, how did they come up with a recipe legally? None of them ever asked you how to do it legally. Um, no. Okay, well, I'm asking you. Fucking, you give me an answer. So he calls me like three days later, and he's like, "Yo, um, you can go to another distiller and use their equipment that has a license to do your recipe." I was like, so how do you think he started? The next guy started, and then I was like, you guys should probably figure out a fucking way to make it legal for people to come up with a recipe instead of just putting that on your application process and just expecting people to fucking break the law and not get caught. So uh, that's kind of how the government takes it. They don't want you to have a license. Um, It literally takes two years. If you talk to any distiller except me, they'll tell you it's a lost cause. They'll tell you there's too many red hopes. It's not worth it. I'm telling you it is worth it because fuck the government and fuck those assholes. And literally every time I go to the liquor store, even if I'm out of town and my liquor's not in that state, I always buy only local liquor. 
Gotcha. I refuse to buy any national brand liquor. I refuse. How else is somebody supposed to market a product like uh, chocolate soft batch sugar cookie liquor? But you should like that should be something you can market, right? Like you should be able to put that on the shelf, just like they have these like milk chocolate stout beers. Yeah, that people are like, "Whoa, the fucking new October releases just, chocolate stout beer." So, crazy. but we won't do that in the liquor stores because they'll take your craft liquor and they'll put it at the back of the store and they'll put it on the fucking bottom shelf. And then you know you'll see the big giant Crown Memorial chair. You'll see the surfboards made by like Tito's vodka. You'll see the fucking giant statue of Captain Morgan. You'll see all this shit in the liquor store. As a craft distiller, you ask them motherfuckers if you can put something in their store. So I only have veterans make my displays, and I pay the I pay veterans two hundred seventy five bucks, and they get really fucking creative, dude. Um, we've had them take like old vanities that they buy for like. 10 bucks or they just had in their garage and they paint it and they add some shelves and I pay them 275 bucks and they've got like $15 into it. Some of them have torn down oak barrels. Uh, the guy that killed um, Al Baghdadi, um, tier one dude, <laughs> I won't say his name on here, but um, he's been on the show before. I don't think he used a real name, but it's Zo uh, Whiskey Zulu Barrels. So he made me a couple of displays too and that's fucking awesome. Um, but we only do that. But you can go into a lot of these liquor stores and be like, yo, what will it take to get a, um, a thing in here? And they're like, well, honestly, Snoop Dogg um, provided a cruise. So what can you do? I'm like, uh, I fucking make like $300 a month to the good. I'm not buying you a fucking cruise. Um, yeah. How about you just yeah. be a fucking good human and let the little guy win for once? Not a fucking chance, dude. So that's why anytime I go to a restaurant, I ask them, what is their craft liquor? You'll fucking never see it in any restaurant. They'll have craft beer out the ass. They'll never have craft liquor. Give them a hard time. Shame them. Be like, oh, that's crazy. You got a lot of craft beer. You don't support local when it comes to liquor. And they'll be like, oh, no, we support local. I'll be like, no, you don't. It's There's none on, your, not on your menu. There's none on your thing. And they'll be like, oh, well, that's crazy. We shouldn't. We should definitely do that because if you that. go to the restaurant right now <laughs> and you see Captain Morgan, Admiral Nelson, Instill Distilling Company, Bullet Rye, and whatever else, you'll never go with Instill because you don't know what it is. So until you see JJ's Bourbon, um, you know Bradley Yandel's Yak Yak, and fucking Bill's Bourbon all on the rack together, that's only the time they're going to be like, oh, that's cool. That's weird. That's weird. And now we've got a chance at them picking one of ours. But if it's I just yeah. if, if it's I'll just JJ in a field of fucking Jack Daniels and Crown Royal, they're never going to pick you, dude, ever. I will say so. it, it was an underwriter on a, uh, I mean, you know, and I'm sure you've seen it on HD.org and all that jazz. But it was a, it was literally uh, the, the Home Distilling Act was, on, it was an underwriter on a bill back in like 2017. And, you know, it got lost in committee, of course. But I mean, it's one of those things where you you look at uh, you look at the process, and essentially, um, the process is the same across the board. We're taking something and fermenting it. Um, the rest of it goes to market as just a fermented product, um, you know. And people, and if you get on any of those websites, they'll say to you like, "Okay, well, here's the myth about like all the." poisons that are in everything it's like well no like your beer has methanol in it your wine mm -hmm. has methanol and terpenes in it everything has all sulfide. the bad stuff all sulfites all the stuff that you don't want to drink and it's like well when you get down to something that's clear right tasty yeah it's in a bottle like what the fuck difference does it make 
and it's, it's all like, gone. And there's more of this, like, I love the, the sulfite. I, I love the sulfite <laughs> game where people like sulfites <laughs> yeah. give me headaches. There's more sulfites in one strip of bacon than an entire bottle of wine. So, bitch, if that fucking bacon doesn't give you a headache, fucking wine's not going to give you a headache either. I hate that. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 craft distilling is just a, it's a fun world. It's a great world. Wine, um, the same thing. It's, it, it's all just so much fun. I could talk for yeah. fucking days. Well, oh, yeah. But, I think, but uh, seriously, though, cheer, cheers to you, bro, because, I mean, like, at the end of the day, it's like there's there's Cheers, several buddy. different avenues that anybody can take, and uh, you you've taken the one less traveled, and we we appreciate that. Yeah, man. Uh, and one me of the- me personally in the hypothetical home distillery, yeah. we appreciate that. Uh, one of the cool things I, I forgot to mention, I always shout this out. I know we're not like big politician fans, and look, I don't I don't fucking praise any politician, whatever. <laughs> um, but literally. Um, Trump was the first president since the Civil War to ever um, readdress the craft distillers bill. And he reduced the tax to craft distillers from $13.50 a proof gallon to $2.50 a, uh, a proof gallon. That, that I, I literally fucking cried when that bill, bill got passed. I didn't know it was even on, uh, on, on the, the ballot there. Um, it was huge because forever, like, let's say... Um, Bacardi, right? Like, let's say they pay their employees like seven bucks an hour and they mass produce their fucking things. They still pay $13.50 a proof gallon in taxes in America. Um, but a craft distiller who makes, okay, so like Bacardi or Captain Morgan's, Captain Morgan makes 300,000 bottles a day. I, that's 11.7 million nine liter cases a year. I can make 28,000 bottles a year if I distill five days a week. Um, I can make 28,000 bottles a year. They make 300,000 bottles a day. That's a real fucking number. So they, they pay $13 and 75 cents a proof gallon. I also pay $13 and 75 cents a proof gallon, which is super unfair, right? Because they're getting glass on fucking pennies on the dollar. Cause they're getting them from China. They're getting their corks from fucking Vietnam and Thailand and shit for like pennies on the dollar because they're buying a massive bulk. They're fucking, uh, they're offshore, so they pay people like $6 an hour at most, um, whereas I'm doing everything right. I'm paying full price for bottles. I'm, I'm, I, you know, most craft distillers are going to get American-made products as best they can. Um, and then we're still paying thirteen fifty. So when Trump's bill passed, which was the craft distillers bill, it was the first time that bill's been through since the Civil fucking War. Uh, they reduced that tax at two dollars and fifty cents, and that is fucking huge for craft distillers. Oh, yeah. And tea so corks are not tea corks are not cheap. No, uh, no I mean for it's, anybody I mean, out there in the universe. And what sucks <laughs> is like I'll pay I pay a tax on the front label, I pay a tax on the back label, I pay a tax on the glass, I pay a tax on the cork, I pay a cap uh, the cap that goes on the cork, the little tea cap that he's talking about. I pay mm-hmm. tax on that. I pay tax on the vinyl that goes over the top to keep the cork in place. I pay a tax to put it in a barrel, and then I pay a tax to take it out of the barrel. Believe it or fucking not, and then yeah. and and I don't I get taxed on what went in the barrel, not what comes out. And there's an angel share, so we lose to evaporation. Being that if we put 50 gallons in the oak barrel, then I I pay the taxes on the 50 gallons, even though I'm only going to get 45. Actually, probably because of the soaking into the wood, I'm probably going to get more like 42 gallons out. But I still pay for the Navy tax. Room, so. It was called for Navy room. It was called the King Share. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. so is there um is there like a network of like craft distillers or like is yeah. there somewhere like is there like a website where like say Yeah, Facebook has um there's like a home distillers um group in Facebook. It's really really vague. Right. And 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 um 
and I'll say this because, and this is why another I, like I, I'm not shitting on bourbon. I'm shitting on bourbon guys. So don't be a bourbon guy. I know a lot of you are like, fuck. I've been a bourbon guy for a long time. This is your chance to change yourself. But like bourbon guy, <laughs> there's nobody more pretentious and more of a cunt than a bourbon guy. A real wine person like would never ever belittle you for your wine and beverage dude fucking bourbon guys are like oh what are you drinking tonight oh angel's envy that's fucking overrated so fucking overrated and it's so overpriced like, there like i'm a buffalo trace guy like shut the fuck is up there like dude. a christian Drink summer camp to pray bourbon. the bourbon out of you dude crazy dude pray and, the and, bourbon and so away. that craft distillers group dude like if you say something in there that's like halfway like well, i remember when i was just getting started in this fucking like six years ago I would post things and they would get like 300 comments and like out of the 300 maybe like 20 of them were productive all the other ones were like oh my god why would you ever use that use you yeah. fucking peasants you idiots what a dumbass yeah. um since then since i've gotten a little bit of notoriety in the group it's kind of like being a part of drinking bros like once right. you've been in the group enough now i've got like my own little cult following within the group of people who are like actually tansy doesn't care if he's embarrassed and he'll never shame you for asking a stupid right. question like he'll literally give you the the, the right answer yeah. and not make you feel like a fucking idiot for yeah. asking it's so stupid those people are so pretentious and they think they know something and, they, and honestly god they really don't like They're, these are guys that make shit in their fucking mom's basement yeah. which is fine that's great but that doesn't mean you know every mom's fucking basement, no. God damn it. i know but that doesn't mean you <laughs> know like the every people single the people strand. commenting like that they're not concerned about the community they're in they're there to just try to be a dick yeah. to that community, like look right? at me look yeah. at me i but, know but, more about spirits and that's in any community like that's in any community forum you know in the same term uh tansy can we talk about your muck pit what's that can we talk about your muck pit oh my dunder pit, pit yeah so <laughs> i think yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll cut you guys off dunder pit no and they're, Bill, they're illegal bills, but bill's got the, one bill's the moderator yeah I'm we'll sorry. we'll cut it off there but i think why i think we'll do we a can't talk uh, about dunder pits well, I mean, I don't know. I've seen that on Pornhub, and it was fucking weird. No, a dunder pit is just like where you take the leftover fermentation and you just let it spoil. Yeah. And it'll start to smell like vomit. Yeah. And then it's like an infection. It breaks. And once it breaks, it'll start to smell like uh, like cocoa powder. Right. And then it'll start to smell like um, like almost like an orange peel. And then it'll start to smell like a pineapple. And then I pull it when it smells like an overripe pineapple. But it's fucking crazy because we'll give um, – we're supposed to date the muck pit or dunder pit, whatever you want to call it. We date it on the top of our muck barrel. And when, because when I give tours, I like to crack it open and let people smell it as long as it's past the like it smells like a band aid, and then it goes straight to vomit. Yeah. And I mean, it really smells like vomit. And sometimes, like, he'll date it, but like, he'll forget to change the date. So uh. I'll think it's like, oh, this has got to be at like the fucking fresh pineapple stage, which smells amazing. And I'll crack the <laughs> lid, and the fucking place will smell like vomit. Everybody on the tour is like, uh, uh, and, like it's I'm bad. sorry. I'm done, Bill. I yeah. swear. I oh, well, I, I was asking about the network thing because it sounds like, you know, you're talking about people need to, if they go out to eat or drink or something, ask for local distilled stuff. So, I mean, um, I don't know if, if it's got to be a, an idea that's already out there, like a website. To be like, oh, I'm happy to be visiting Indianapolis, yeah. Indiana. Let me go on this website and see what local distillers I can ask for by name in this restaurant, right? that person in the comments uh oh. oh you just made my night oh jesus just came in my pants uh tansy um so anyway uh <laughs> i got a picture of me and joe green back there too but anyway uh yeah i mean there are networks um uh there's craft distillers associations there's i mean, like the hashtag craft distillers which is really fun um 
And I mean, anytime you go to a local town, if you're going to visit a local brewery, just type in craft distillery. And the cool thing about craft distilleries is it's such a brotherhood because we're all in this together that we're not competitive at all. So, like, a, a lot of times guys will come into my craft distillery and I know that they home distill and they'll start trying to ask questions, but they're afraid because, like, a brewery is not going to give you the answers because that's their livelihood. But, like, craft distillers don't give a fuck, dude. Like, I would literally give you my, my, my exact recipe and encourage you to try to be better than me. And, and if you are, that's great. Because we just want craft spirits to win across the board. Right. And until we get six or seven craft spirits next to each other on one shelf in a liquor store, it's very hard to get somebody to buy one bottle. When I'm, when I'm surrounded <laughs> by eight rows of Captain Morgans and nine rows of Admiral Nelson, and then you've got a little two stack of instill rum, people are like, what the fuck is that? And they just grab the Captain Morgan and they walk right the fuck out. Right. Right. Well, we'll have to uh, march in Washington. But if you want to find our spirits, you can find it at, um, right now it's all over Florida, Orlando, Tampa, mm -hmm. Jacksonville, what's all the, over North Carolina. What's the website? Uh, the website is... Or not, well, you have your website, which you should definitely plug. Well, I know, also, and I think you can get there through our website. Um, is it re, uh, you said it to be Regency or something like that? Or? Yes, RegencyLiquors.com, RegencyLiquors.com. Um, you can order, I think if you order a case, it's a lot cheaper. So, because of the shipping, mm -hmm. but like, um, so you could get like three of the spice, three of the age, three of the white. I don't know if you're rich, but um, our white rum is twenty one ninety five. Our uh, spice is twenty four ninety five. Our age is thirty one ninety five. Um, and I know shipping does suck when it comes to liquor right now. So mm -hmm. if you buy one bottle, I think the shipping is like another thirty bucks. So you're paying like sixty bucks a bottle. But it doesn't matter. It fucking really helps me out, um, <clears throat> especially just because we're one of the smaller craft distilleries that's really fucking doing this without any loans and right. without doing any, like we have like no major investors or anything. So this is very grassroots. My business partner is tier one special operator as well. We don't use um, the veteran thing to sell our brand. So there's nothing about us being veterans on the bottles or anything like that, even though we are a veteran owned operated company. Um, that's just because we're not trying to rape the veteran market. Right. Um, we'll leave that to everybody else that's doing that, right. which I'm fine with it because I buy that product too. Like I'm not saying the fucking shame. Yeah. On no, I buy all that stuff too. It's just like, they've already done it. So I'm not going to do this. Well, I mean, there, yeah, no, there's enough, there's enough out there. And I mean, you know, at the same time, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of veterans out there that, that want to get into the market. And it's like, how do you, like my dad always said, and rest in power. Um, but I mean, he was like, look, put big titties and flashing lights out in front of it and it'll sell. Uh, in, the, in, the, in this in this marketplace, you know, maybe we can try that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and like that's the other th crazy thing about Instill is like we use zero sex to sell our product. We also don't use like partying or like all the things that are cool and fucking work for marketing. <laughs> yeah. We just don't do because um, we try to instill a set of values of hard work, family first. I'm a huge family guy, um, and and when I say family first, I really fucking mean family first. Uh, a lot of people are like, dude, you don't work enough. I, I fucking work like 23 out of 24-hour day, right? I work like more than anybody I've ever known. Um, and I I schedule in my children's time. So, we, yes, I take my kids to the skate park. And, yes, I go running with my children obnoxiously. Uh, not by choice. If you follow my Instagram, you get to see all these things. <laughs> um, like, literally, like, we have a routine with my family that it, it just doesn't get canceled. So when I have to do podcasts at 930 at night, 10:30 at night, whatever it is, um, I really do put that family time first. And fucking for all you guys out there that are 
having to get the V or whatever to save your jobs. I mean, if in your heart you don't want the V, never sell your fucking soul um, for a pension or for retirement. Look, a lot of you guys are military and you would die for your country, but you won't, you would die for your freedom, but you won't give up your pension for your freedom. That's crazy to me. So like, if you want to get it, get it. That's fine. Like I'm all for getting it or not getting it. But if you're one of those guys where it's like, well, I really don't want it, but I also just, I mean, my pension is so good. Well, I mean, Fucking, you're never going to be a legend and nobody's going to remember your name when you die. So, um, <laughs> fucking take a stand, dude. And, you know, I, I, you know, we all have family and shit, but I got fired from the police department for opening up my distillery and it was fucking nuts, dude. I had three kids and I had the opportunity to resign and keep benefits. And I chose to get fired because I believed in principle and my principle was more important than the fucking, uh, you know, uh, right. the, the, money and all dollar whatever bills, so, yeah. yeah you yeah. know so and i listen i'll tell all you guys out here because you're the new nation but dude like i went two years with no paycheck i cashed in my 401k all of it um i was on food stamps i was on welfare i didn't write a fucking paycheck to myself for almost probably 21 months um when i wrote my first paycheck it was a super emotional moment um to get into podcasts with drinking bros saved my life uh, essentially like it's it's literally has put food on my fucking table for for us. Um, that was a dream come true and a miracle. But if you're gonna follow your dream, just know that you can do it, right? Like uh, I'll tell you one quick story before we get out. On Christmas, the year that we opened up the distillery, dude, like I had bought steak. Um, all this all happened in one day. I bought steak. We we went Christmas shopping all morning. We bought the steaks, and this is like two days before Christmas. Um, no, I'm sorry, it was one weekend before Christmas. <clears throat> so we had all this stuff because I was gonna dry age the steaks. So we get all these things, get all the presents. Um, and then I got hit with a wastewater allocation bill for the, the distillery. And they're like, you can't do your grand opening if you don't have this wastewater allocation fee. I had zero money. My partners had zero money because we're all military. I literally fucking took the steak back to Lowe's grocery. Um, didn't know you could do that until then. I took back all of the toys. Uh, we had spaghetti and meatballs. And the very next Saturday, the Saturday before Christmas, we went garage sailing and bought all their Christmas presents at garage sailing and was like losing our fucking minds. Like my wife cried and she never cries. Um, and, and we like literally sat on the edge of the bed and, and like we had like a very like crazy conversation. We were like, look, this is what we signed up for. Our kids are gonna be fine. They're still super young. Like this is, we, when we said all in, like what do we mean like all in except for fucking steak dinner? I mean, no, I love spaghetti. You get the best <laughs> spaghetti on earth. Like it's gonna be fine. And, and you know what? We still to this day will tell you it was our happiest Christmas we've ever had. And that was two Christmases ago. Our kids were fucking stoked. Um, we found crazy awesome things at garage sales. And, um, and it was awesome. Spaghetti and meatballs, fucking meatballs. And it was really funny. And this last Christmas, we actually, we started a new thing on New Year's where now our kids get to have whatever they want on New Year's for dinner. So everybody gets to pick their favorite dinner for New Year's because we actually had a little bit of money for, for New Year's for the first time. So, um, That's fucking awesome, you know, man. Awesome, dude. That's so awesome. And we never faked it. Like, we never let anybody know. Like, I wasn't taking pictures in front of fancy cars. Like, I have a station yeah. wagon where I had to yeah. crawl in through the other side of the door. Um, I was rolling <laughs> up to these, like, fancy wine dinners in this beater-ass fucking station wagon. I mean, and, and all those things just come with it, dude. And I think it's the people that fake the funk or make you think that they're fucking cool and they're rich and they got money. You know, they're, they're fucking fake, dude. None, nobody, no entrepreneur, uh, especially craft distillers, none of these motherfuckers have any money. I, I still don't have any money. <laughs> Uh, I try a very Look, I'm a professional salesperson for a living, and uh, I tell you, it, it all goes out the door at some point or another. So, yeah, and we love it, man. We have like a 1,300 square foot house with three kids and a, and a dog. 
it's like a fucking cabin, but we're in the middle of nowhere. We don't have any homeowner association fees. We home we homeschool our kids. We do home births at home. Um, we're very like kind of fucking hippie, except not a fucking hippie. So, um, <laughs> well, awesome man, it's an awesome story, and I'm glad the uh, distillery is working out well for you. You know, your podcasts are very successful. Um, you know. Thank you guys, man. I fucking love, I was a nooner first, so yeah. uh, I always love nooner uh, nooner nation, and and I try to get. Um, uh, on RPR as much as I can. And now I get to tune into Nooner Nation. Hell yeah. We'd definitely love to have you back on yeah. whenever you got time, man. I don't, your boys. I don't want to take any more time away from your family, dude. So uh, go ahead and just give a quick shout, plug everything you need to plug. And uh... yeah, man, uh, follow um, uh, Drinking Bro Sports. We're trying to build that channel. Um, we're the Tailgate Legends show on Friday, uh, me and Boston Joe. And then definitely Instill Distilling Company. That's our company. And of course, Failure to Stop. Right. Can't stop, won't stop. Um, that's it, man. And Jimmy Bailey. Awesome, man. Awesome. <laughs> JJ, how about you? Where can people find you? Hit it up. High and angry on the YouTubes. Uh, I know we had a little hiatus. Uh, we've had several, but, you know, we're getting back into the joint. Uh, and high and angry on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to get out of here. My wife's sending me text messages of uh, pictures of her underwear on the floor up in the bedroom. So got to get out of here. Um okay. 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 So, uh, everybody here knows the drill. Go find us. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that like button. We're on iTunes now. Um, I'm going to be pushing this out to Spotify and Amazon probably next week as well. Subscribe, uh, rate, review. It really helps. Um, if you guys have, if you guys want to be on the show, if you have a cool story, if you have, or if you just have topics you want us to cover, or you have a nooner you think would be fun to have on. Uh, just hit us up on our Instagram at uh, Nooner Nation Podcast or at Dude, Nooner I think Nation every, Gmail. I think every fucking Nooner should come on this show. At That's some why point. I started like, the show. So, it'd be man. great, man. Like Ruben, Gigi, Jessica, yeah. J- Jacob, yep. like all you dudes, man. Be we'll fucking, have them all on. Kid we Jimmy. And Jimmy's got an incredible story. Jimmy yeah. Bailey. I mean, I won't oh, yeah. go into it too much, but his wife's got somebody else's lungs in her chest. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. fucking rad. Yeah. Uh, it's, so, we, oh, where's the Nooner shirt? Um, Where's the Nooner shirt? I had that bitch like fucking three months ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm actually going to, uh, no, no, no. This is a, a different one, but that's, uh, it's on its way back to me, I think, because I'm meeting up with Ross and Jesse next weekend. Uh, they're, they're, they hooked me and my wife up with some cool shit for our anniversary uh, in Kansas City. So they're going to be down there. So I'm going to present that to them kind of as a thank you for for building this man this uh wouldn't be possible without them so i want to make sure that they know that they are well appreciated uh not only by me but everybody else here so again like hey hey, uh, cheers everybody people cheers to the people hit the like button if you want if you want some of that sugar cookies soft batch uh chocolate sugar cookie hit me up tansy to it i fucking i can taste it right now i want it so for J.J. Jackson, High and Angry. For Eric Tanzi, I'm Bill Schofield. This was the Nooner Nation, 